It's Tom again for the Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and WJSC Radio representative the Baby Boomers. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the Millennial Man is Jared Fatel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. The show is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio and is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the Z92.5 Castle Mid-Michigan Studios. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and suggestions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. The fellows will get it rolling right after this. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Get ready. Sheridan Realty and Auction has three featured properties selling August 19th. The Clinton Township property features a well-maintained three-story building with atrium near I-94. The Allen Park property features a multi-use three-story classroom building near major interstates. And the Flint property's eight contemporary buildings feature modern offices, classrooms, laboratories, and more. These properties will sell at online auction August 19th. Call or visit SheridanAuctionService.com for more information. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Welcome to day 144 of the COVID crisis and episode 130 of Three Point Podcast. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. I'm the old-timer, Ted Fattel. Matt Burns is our middleman. He's on the phone in North Carolina. And the young fella, Jared Fattel, right here with me in the Three Point Podcast Studios. Of course, we are social distancing. It's August 4th here <laughs> on Tuesday. Notice how I'm sitting back Why'd here. You? That's why well, I went with the headphones. So I, it's kind of when people are – you can tell what sort of like We're six version of like co- – because COVID, it seems like it comes in waves or whatever, like where you're not worried about it, then you are worried about it. It seems like you've had it heightened up a little bit. Yeah, right it's now. heightened a little bit. I have to admit that. I'm telling you what, right now, though, out of the gate, I didn't preface this with you guys. I'm glad I'm not in Lebanon. Wow. Did you see that explosion by chance? Did you get a chance? 
I did see it. I, I, I'm i honestly not going to lie. I haven't really even – it just happened, you know, yeah. just earlier today. I've been at work all day pretty much. I saw it on Twitter. What the hell even happened? I don't even understand what happened. It looked like a nuke. That's I'm, really it, what it looked like. It did like. look like a nuke. I think it was a fireworks factory or something. Matt, do you know any other details? I mean, yeah, I saw some people speculating. Like, at first it was just, like, labeled a port. Right. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know if, you know, like a seaport or, you know, I have no idea. But, yeah, then I saw a fireworks factory, but then I saw people saying it wasn't a fireworks factory. Like, it clearly, I mean, it looked like a nuke. It yeah. looked like a bomb went off. So some people then were saying maybe it hit a gas line, you know, that kind of explosion. I don't know. It was he- pretty wild, though, because it looked like, if you if you haven't watched the video yet, Jared, there's like, you know, it almost looks like pop, 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 pop. And then all of a sudden, and the big kaboom. one just, I mean, it shook the whole, every, there's like a bunch of different camera angles, so a bunch of people were recording it. It's pretty wild. So, yeah, I'll be curious to hear, like, what actually happened. Here's what it, so according to New York Times, it says ammonium nitrate used in both fertilizer and explosives was stored at the explosion site, Whoa. the Lebanese government government said yeah. so that's I mean, like oklahoma city right there that's the that's the type of explosives i think they use to to blow that up mm-hmm. timothy mcveigh yeah but that was that was one of the nastiest things i think i've ever seen if it was if it truly was and again this is early on if it truly was an accidental explosion but my god it definitely looked like a nuke it was, yeah. cra- it was yeah, crazy. Which, like it just goes to i mean if it wasn't planned you know not a nuke or you know not, not like a terrorist act or anything like that I mean, the, like the power of that stuff. So to think about what if you were actually near when a nuke or bombs were dropped or something like that, like I can't even imagine what that would be like. Oh, I know. Because just, just the video, the videos alone make like, make it like shake almost. Well, while we're on like the depressing side, I figured I, I was going to save it for the end, but I'll throw it out right now. Uh, <laughs> you see it a lot on Twitter right now. Uh, there, well, I'll, I'll throw out a couple of the less uh, serious ones real quick. Like, and just happens to be in the sports media business. I know that that's where we're at. I might as well throw it out now before we like lose our listeners or whatever when we start talking about golf near the end. Yeah, but, if you want to get it out, get it out now. But uh, Mike Sullivan at 97 won the ticket. I, I know you guys never really liked that show much, but he's basically calling it a career, moving on. Uh, I just want to say like, I really love listening to their show. You guys know that. And then speaking of 97 won the ticket, uh, Jamie Samuelson, yes. uh, his show was, was stony. I, I used to, I, it wasn't necessarily my favorite. I didn't like, listen to it nearly as much as I listened to the Valenti show but just kind of hearing that story and it really was crazy how he basically let everybody know that he had cancer a week before uh he ended up passing away and it's just kind of I've been listening to the ticket all day today and they've been talking about him and just kind of I didn't I, I was aware of him I listened to his show maybe 10 times my, my entire life but now that he's gone it's kind of one of the big things that Wojo put in like in his column that I read was basically saying how he didn't think he had an impact on anyone and it's kind of sad to think somebody who's as big as he was and he still thinks like I don't know if I really even made a difference on this world, but just a shout-out to him, I guess. I mean, obviously he's not alive or whatever, but well, what else can you really do? Yeah, before Matt jumps in, I'll throw in my two cents worth. I, I like the Valenti show. I haven't been a loyal listener, mm-hmm. but be- after uh, Jamie Samuelson passed away, I thought, well, Monday would be a good day to really tune in and see what the reaction. And I listened uh, to Stoney and Jamie that day. You know, mm-hmm. Stoney had uh, a couple substitutes with him, obviously, but, I mean, it was gut-wrenching radio all day long, even on the Valente show. And, you know, I go all the way back to WDFN. You know, we talked about it, I think, a few pods ago when that was really the very first Detroit all-sports station. And Stoney was there. Jamie was there. They had a heck of a crew back in the day. And that's when I first listened to him. And he was a very sharp dude, had a great sense of humor, knew his stuff, and and was a great radio co-host. You know, it didn't matter who he worked with. He was just a class act. And, man, you're hearing people like Seth Myers and Mike Greenberg, you know, a lot of the Northwestern uh, alumni that knew him 
coming out and, and singing his praises. And he will be missed. And it just goes to show you, you know, health is everything. And, you know, they say you should get a colonoscopy when you're 50. Well, really, I think maybe we ought to maybe ought to lower that down because he was only 48 and he hadn't yeah. even had his first one. He had stage four cancer of the colon before he even found out he had anything. Jeez. It's scary. Yeah, it's definitely scary. And it's, I mean, like with the age and everything, I'm creeping up to 40. And obviously, Ted, you've, you've passed that, you know, the age that he was. But kind of like put things into perspective sometimes, you know, when you see someone that young go through something like that. But, yeah, I didn't listen to Stoney and Jamie. or Yeah, I didn't listen to their show a whole lot. Um, I, you know, heard, would hear clips on Twitter and stuff like that. But so I didn't know a whole lot about the show. But that day when, when he passed away and then, you know, the couple days after, seeing the outreach and so many people singing his praise and talking about how great of a host he was and the impact that he had and everything. I mean, yeah, you can see just how, how great of a radio host and how big of an impact he had on people because even, like you said, all the people that were uh, commenting about Woj's column and, and just talking about him and then even like SVP uh, tweeted yeah. some stuff out and was talking about him. So, yeah, to see the reach go as far as just like outside of Detroit, it was definitely pretty cool to see. So, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't in like an avid listener, but but to see, to see that was pretty cool. But I was going to ask you, Jared. Did, so, is Mike Sullivan? You said he's calling it a career. Or is he just moving on to something else? I didn't see something else. I saw he's weaving, but I didn't see exactly if he announced. What yeah, he's doing. I don't think. No, I don't. That's still the thing. Like, no one really knows. I think he's maybe started his own business or something like that. I don't think it's in the radio biz. I really don't. Uh, I think it maybe is something to do with like selling something or some sort of product. But yeah, I don't really know where he's going and. The other guy that is just kind of, wow, it's kind of crazy that all these three like kind of all happen like one after another, but, I mean, Mike Golick. Mike oh, yeah. Golick gone. Yeah. I mean, that's that sort of just happened right out of the blue all of a sudden. Where who was his last day? I still don't – I've been hearing some people say, like, I don't know if ESPN, like, forced him out. I don't I don't think that's true, but where – I, I was just – I'm not sure, entirely sure what happened, but where I was just reading tweets. Matt, you probably know better than I do where people are just unhappy with kind of how that situation ended. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean uh, – they usually don't re- release like the actual details, yeah, obviously, so of like contract negotiations. But it does seem like some of that came in, and they just, you know, every once in a while. I mean, it kind of happened with the Mike and Mike show, and it kind of happened with some of the Sports Center um, duos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just like things run their course. And yeah. I know Golick and Wingo was getting good numbers, but they kind of wanted to. They did talk about this that they wanted to revamp their whole morning radio lineup and the whole everything with ESPN radio. And I guess he was just kind of on the chopping block a little bit. And maybe there was some contract negotiations too, but definitely crazy because same thing, like seeing how many people, I don't know if you guys saw Greenberg, he did do a little tribute on his show for mm-hmm. Mike Golick and a bunch of other people, obviously at ESPN uh, talked about the impact that Mike Golick had on him. But, you know, one thing that really hit me and, you know, he did it for like 22 years and you just usually don't see that very often, a guy have that much success for 22 years on the radio. But uh, Greeny talked about how, how Golick was one of the first ones to be a former athlete, not just become like a color commentator or, you know, like a, um, a contributor to a radio show. He was a legitimate radio host, a former pro athlete become a radio host. He was like one of the first ones. So all these former athletes now that are getting their own radio shows and doing stuff like that. Mike Golick was really, like, the first one. He, like, paved the way. So that was pretty cool. He is going to be doing – I think he's going to be doing, like, college games 
Um, so he's not like going away, but mm-hmm. pretty yeah, pretty crazy that he's not on the radio anymore. Yeah, I mean, he, I'll tip my hat to him for sure. I mean, he had longevity. He was very good. He, and when he was partnered with Greeny, that was that was just an excellent show. And you know, I did. You guys make fun of me once in a while for my DVR. Uh, usage but uh, on friday i i dvr'd the show i wanted to see how it played out had a lot of great clips in the from the yeah. past shows and then at the very end they had his whole family around him you know yeah. and they were reminiscing it was it was very cool that's one thing they've i mean i don't know if you've ever listened to or watched mike and mike or golik and wingo or anything golik's ever done really um and then obviously with his son being a big part of espn radio now uh, I mean, and everyone was saying it. Greeny said it in his tribute that he has always legitimately like, put his family first. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really cool to see, like, you know, from day one, his family was there, and then, you know, they came back, and the show they were doing was at, at the Golik household. So, yes. you know, cool to see someone, you know, not let the ego or not let all that stuff, you know, still a family man, a strong family man, and even getting his son, his son, Junior. I mean, he talks about it all the time, like, and, like, jokes about it, but it is partly true. That without his dad, who knows if he would even be getting the opportunities that he is. So. For, for sure. Cool. Well, you know, even if he was eased out, let's just say that, he's got a great opportunity now to uh, – his kids are, you know, married. There's going to be grandkids coming around. And if he works the gig in college football, what an ideal way to, to stay in the industry, right, and still have family time. I mean, that's, that's, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, as yeah. long as there is a college football season. We're all, holding <laughs> on, we're all waiting to hold off hope on that. Let, let's hold off on that thought. We'll talk the good and the bad in sports. Before we do, I just want to tell you about Advanced Elevator Company. They have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters right here in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee county regional chamber of commerce since the year 2000 well let's start there since we sort of teed it up i mean more and more news coming out about college football you two guys probably a little bit more in tune with the inner workings of what's happening right now but you know i seem to have always been the optimistic one that there will be a season i'm still going to hold out hope that they will at least start a season i'm starting to get a little concerned that it may not finish with some of the things we're seeing, but first of all, thoughts on college football, boys. I know I've been saying this whole time that with college football, I feel like there's too much money to be lost, and I'm still, I'm still holding on to that. Like I think I'm starting to lean towards what you just said. I think they're they're going to figure out a way to at least start, and whether they get to play a few games and then whether some schools have to drop out or take a couple weeks off, you know, forfeit a couple games, you know, I don't know how that's going to play out, but I'd just be surprised that they don't figure out a way to start. The weird thing that, I mean, it's just like, uh, there's no, it's a shit show right now <laughs> with is. the schedules that are being released. Cause like the Sunbelt saying they're just going to play a full schedule. Big 12, they have games scheduled in like three weeks. They haven't even started practice yet, but they've got games scheduled at the end of August. Big Ten hasn't even come out with a schedule. They're supposed to this morning, but Rutgers just had, like, a ridiculous outbreak. They don't even know if they're going to be able to go back to practice, so obviously they're a part of the Big Ten. So they had to delay their schedule release. SEC isn't starting till late September. They're just going conference only. So it just seems like it's so weird right now to see every conference just kind of doing their own thing, even saying the Power Five, or they're starting to say, like, they're just going to do their own championship game not even do like the NCAA sanctioned championship games. So like the NCAA is actually starting to look a little iffy right now. It's just such a weird time right now in college sports that like, 
I don't, I don't know. I'm starting to kind of feel a little strange if we're actually going to have a college football season. I mean, how many times do I have to say it? Everything you just said, Matt, it's, a, it's just a complete shit show. That's really the only way to describe it. And then you add the Pac-12, like, players, like, forming, like, a they union of union, sorts. Man, like, I don't – there's so many things, like, it's swirling around right now that it's just time – just cancel it. Just cancel it. I don't understand what they're waiting for. I know you are holding off hope, Matt. Ted, you basically the same way. I'm kind of past it. I, I'm Just let it go. It's, it's In my mind, it's already been canceled. It's time to just – Stop leading everybody on and just cancel it. The weird thing, too, is college athletes, they're, they're protected by, like, HIPAA and all those. I mean, they're amateur athletes. So, like, these schools can't release names of, you know, kids that are testing positive. I mean, they can, but you would be breaking the law if they did. But, like, what's really strange is you see some schools releasing, you know, being pretty transparent, saying, like, we've tested X amount of players or athletes, um, this many tested positive, blah, blah, blah. But then there's other ones just, like, saying nothing. And, like, basically, I don't know, just, like, acting like nothing's going on and, like, the season's going to go on like it's nothing. And so it's just really strange to see that. It's almost like it's almost like a mirror image of how our country has handled this virus. How, like, each state is just kind of doing their own thing. One state's doing masks, one state's not. Shutting down bars in one state, one state's just, like, a party, you know, for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same with college football right now and the conferences and the schools. It's just, like, everyone's making it up. Eh, let's see what happens. We're gonna start. They haven't even started co- contact practice yet, and that's what's crazy. Is they're getting positive tests all over the place, and all they're doing is lifting. What's gonna happen when they actually start tackling and hitting and doing drills? Like, I mean, you gotta think that this. It's just gonna. I don't know. Like in two weeks by Labor Day, who who knows what we're gonna see by Labor Day? And that's what it's hilarious about just the idea of football. You see it like. I, I know, I think it was a guy from Barstool, uh, Feidelberg is his name, where he posted the Detroit Lions posted a picture of their locker room with, like, clear dividers, like, in between each of the lockers. And then he basically said, oh, that's that's going to work until they go outside and play football. It just made like, nothing makes any sense. You can't – there's no way to really do it. I see they have, like, these new, like, basically Ziploc bag mask, uh, according to, like, LSU players, where it's like wearing a Ziploc bag around your mouth. <laughs> like, I just don't know – it's really not going to do anything. It's not the, the the locker dividers the the constant they they can't even get the test right. I mean we see that in the MLB where they the tests aren't even like 100 percent like truthful. So like there's no way to really do this. Well here in here in in our state our best quarterback Matt Stafford he's positive for COVID. It goes out in the press. Come to find out it's a negative test. His wife's pissed <laughs> by the way. She says, Man, "Isn't that such isn't that such like a lion thing? A total lion. They thing. can't even for they yeah. and, and then I don't know if you guys saw the story that came out today. Like Colorado State is being investigated. Uh, I, we tweeted it out from our from our Twitter yeah. page, but um, they're being investigated because their coaching staff apparently some players have come out and their coaching staff apparently was telling players not to report symptoms <laughs> and not not to tell you know anyone if they were sick. Keep practicing. We don't want to know if you're sick." Oh, my. players have come out and been like, no, I'm like doing drills and lifting with this dude who's coughing all over the place and clearly has this virus. And so you just wonder if one school is doing that, there has to be plenty more there, that yeah. are doing something similar. And <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> They're all doing it. And, and it's, I don't even know what to expect anymore. And like you said, it's, it's college football where they don't have to release stuff. Like there's so many, there's things we don't even know about. All we're hearing about is the stuff that's so, like, you can't cover it up, like, it's so blatantly obvious that's happening, like, that's where you hear it. I know, I know, you know for a fact, like you said, Matt, there's definitely schools that are just sweeping so many things under the rug, 
And it's kind of scary to think like that when you see things on Twitter where it's like guys are like like the MLB player, MLB baseball player, I can't even think of his name, like elite athlete. And he's basically saying how when he had COVID, like he thought he was going to die. <laughs> like it's stuff like, and then you see Darren Ravel just tweeted uh, a little bit ago where it was like any Indiana offensive lineman basically tweeted like, you know, I, you can't live your life in fear. And now like his whole, like his mom's posting on Facebook, how like he's going to probably going to have like heart problems. Like it's stuff like that. It's like, what are we doing? It's just sports. Right. Like we talk about sports, but it, at the end of the day, it really is. It's just sports. Yeah. I, you know, and I, again, I'm holding out a little bit of hope, but I'm getting more and more convinced that it, it, we keep saying shit show. And that's what it has turned out to be without a doubt. And it's not getting any better any sooner. You know, I mean, if, if you can't even get testing right for crying out loud, and Matt, you brought up the good analogy about the, the government with the whole treatment of COVID. You know, they basically said, states, you're on your own. Well, the NCAA, basically the same concept. They're not giving any leadership at all to any of these conferences that are setting up however they want to do it. I mean, it's just every man for himself. That's what I don't understand. It's, crazy. it's stupid. That's what I don't understand. Why is it up to the conferences to I do this? I really don't understand that. Shouldn't they be getting some guidance Same thing with, like, the, the high school. Same thing with in, in like, Michigan. Just like with the the high school, where it's like you know you, you were just talking before the show, where Grand Ledge announces that they're going to virtual learning. Yep, like the, it should be a unified, just like it was when everything shut down. It should be the same exact way for this, and it shouldn't be up to the the like Lansing's all online learning. Like, what is going on where it's up to the school, each school individually to pick it? I understand that there's different like Shiawassee County isn't as bad as you know Detroit or whatever, but just keep it all uniform. Is it gonna, is it really going to hurt somebody just to have the to keep things under wrap for a little bit longer if it's not as big of a deal right now in that county? Probably not. I mean, probably could figure it out. You know, like I said, Grand Ledge today announced they're waiting until December fourth to would be the earliest they would go back to yeah. actual school. But we're going to be seeing a lot more school systems. <laughs> I know your poor dad's in the middle of all that crap yeah. too. You know, it's got to be he's going to lose more hair than he can afford to lose <laughs> right now. <laughs> hey, balls in now. <laughs> I know it's got my belt. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I mean, I, I think that's that's what's going to ha- start happening. Is I don't know if you guys saw one of Minnesota's star receivers. I mean, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. He opted out already of this season. So there's already, and there's been some other players in college. There's been a ton of NFL players, but some other players in college have started to opt out of this season. And you got to think if more stories like this Colorado State story, or if more stories like Rutgers, where all of a sudden there's just this ridiculous outbreak. If that stuff starts happening more in these next two weeks, two or three weeks, I mean, how can you, like, let's just say if it's Michigan and Rutgers is on the schedule, how can you, like, feel good about going to play them? (laughs) You know, like, how can you trust if you're going to play some other school, you're going to play Nebraska or something, how can you truly trust that they've been, like, taking every precaution and, you know, reporting their numbers? It's kind of like, I mean, going back to the – you know, comparing it to how our country has handled it. How can you know that each state or each school has been properly taking precautions and reporting the numbers accurately, and now you're about to go, like, tackle and hit and roll around in the trenches with these dudes that you have no idea if they're, like, if they've got this virus or whatever. So, right, man, I'm, I'm like, talking myself into <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a season. Yeah. You know, keeping it on college football for just another second or two, uh, you know, you brought it up kind of. What is going to prevent, let's say they come back in some shape or form in college football, but it's just crap, you know, it's totally disorganized. Yeah. If you're a number one draft choice, a projected number one draft choice, why would you even play? Why would you even take a chance to play? Why wouldn't you just say, hey, I'm going to be like Nick Bosa, I'm going to work out, I'm going to you know, practice on my own with my, with my 
bros, but why would I put myself through a season where I could possibly blow out a knee? I'll just get ready for the NFL Especially draft. for this, like, slap-together season. Yeah, that's what I mean. Big Ten's playing just themselves. What, what, what conference do you say? They're not even going to be a part of the NCAA. They're just going to play their conference schedule in a conference championship game, most likely. Was it the Big 12? Is that what I think no, you I said? No, think, I think the Big Five are all doing things differently. And yeah. They're going to have their own little championship game instead of, you know, the college football championship deal. That's what, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I really wouldn't. Right. It really doesn't make sense to play. And that's why you're putting kids, like, you're really putting these players, like, in a tough spot where these coaches, you just can't trust them. You can't trust these staffs oh. to, like, really keep them safe. You can't. Right. And so that's why, like, the NCAA, the fact that they're not making a decision, just, it's kind of, it's greedy. I don't know. And same thing with, like, the MHSA saying, oh, there's no way that these high school kids and these, like, coaches are all being. That's why they, but but what are the coaches going to do? As long as they're saying there's still a season, you just want them to say, "Oh, we're not going to practice." No, they got like, it. That's yeah, their it's job. like they got to as long as they're saying there's still going to be a season, they have to like keep preparing. Well, let me throw this out there. We're going to talk NBA and NHL and how the bubbles work for them. I got an idea. I mean, would this make any sense at all if if you're a college football program, let's say the Big 5. Why couldn't they at least have a bubble on their own campus? where they just they live in one dorm together, they practice together, they eat together, so they're all one family, basically. Well, how, what about class? If it's just online class? It has to be an online class. And then the only time you'd be exposed to the virus itself would be when you're playing a game. I mean, is it, would that have been feasible if they had had leadership in place that would have really had a grasp? Because let's face it, the bubble apparently works. Now, yeah. we know it's more difficult when there's more players on each team, whether it's football or whatever, but I don't know. Hockey made it work. They have a lot of players on the NHL teams. I don't know. I mean, I think I think the biggest thing with that is, I mean, yeah, the NHL, the MLS, and obviously the NBA right now is clearly showing that a bubble situation works. But that's, I mean, basically the scenario you laid out is what the MLB was trying. Yep. But then you got, like, players from the Cardinals going to the casino, and you got players from the Marlins you know, going out and doing stuff down in Florida and then infecting their clubhouse and everything. So, right, if, if you know those 100 or whatever players on Michigan Michigan State football team are going to stay in those dorms, the only time they're leaving is to go to the football, you know, the practice facility, and then, yeah, get on the plane to go play Iowa or whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess it does, in theory, sound like that would work, but you know, are you going to have, like, security or coaches watching that dorm all the time like I, you know that would be that would be the only thing is if all of a sudden a bunch of kids go to a house party or a bunch of kids go to grab pizza or a bunch of kids go to you know a bar you know whatever and all of a sudden next thing you know there's an outbreak in in the locker room and well if you forfeit a game if that happens but it, it goes back to jared's theory Sh- shut the damn thing down because you know you go through all that headache to try and create a bubble and then you're still got people violating it and you know and they're gonna violate they're it. gonna you know in baseball well, then, they're going home to their families right they're yeah. not they're not staying in separate apartments right and then, i mean the other part of that too is it's not just the players so you're talking about the coaches the medical staff yep. the trainers you know the nutritionists everyone that's connected to that football team are they staying in that dorm because once say a bunch of the trainers go back home or they're going out to eat or they're going to a family get-together. You don't know what they've been exposed to. So even if the players are staying in the dorm, if, you know, coaches are going home, Harbaugh's got, like, 27 kids. So, I mean, like, you have no idea what they're going out and doing, daycare, school. So, you know, he goes home to his family. Who knows what's happening there? So, 
It's a mess. I mean, the, the NBA and NHL bubbles clearly work because except for except for Lou Williams going to get some chicken wings, everyone's <laughs> yeah. just staying in that bubble, so it works. Yeah. But. Well, I want to get into that here coming up next. Uh, before I do, though, I just want to remind you, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on their upcoming auctions. The auction house is packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Also, we have good friends at Nelson House Funeral Homes. Their number one goal, that's to serve the families in our community. The top priority, caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them the most. I can personally tell you they are the absolute best in the business. That's nelson-house.com for more details. And, uh, well, today is Tuesday special day. They have wings on special at Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast, open for dine-in service again. Uh, Also, great to take out food. We took out pizza on Sunday. Outstanding pizza pie. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill. Education is facing a whole new world with the COVID-19 pandemic. In normal times, there are tons of reasons why nearly 40% of Shiawassee County families choose Corona. Families choose Corona because our athletic program and high school are ranked as the best in the county by Nietzsche.com and U.S. News & World Report, respectively. Families choose Corona because of the relationships our staff has with our students and families. Families choose Corona because of our World Championship Odyssey the Mind program or our award-winning band, FFA, co-op, or other career-related classes like mechatronics or construction trades. Still others like our low elementary class sizes and the paraprofessional support our students get or the social-emotional support for all of our students. Finally, I believe families choose Corona because they trust us. And with COVID-19 pandemic, trust is probably the most important trait you can consider when thinking about what school district is right for your child. Here at Corona Public Schools, you can trust we are working hard to implement an educational plan that will work for every student and all families as the start of the 2021 school year gets nearer. Regardless of what phase our state is in, I can promise you this, any plan we implement will be based on the following cornerstones. Our staff loves our students like they're our own, We will do everything we can to keep your child safe. We will do everything we can within the law to provide normal school experiences like field trips or recess. And finally, we will do everything we can to challenge your child academically and provide emotional and social support. This is Corona Public Schools Superintendent John Fattel, and I guess when you get right to it, there's lots of reasons why people choose and trust Corona Public Schools. Remember, young or old, it's great to be gold. Call 989-743-6338 to set up a tour and find out for yourself why Corona is the right fit for your child. All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about the best topic right now. If we want to say it's the best in the world of sports, I'd say hands down it's got to be the, the way the NBA has handled it. I mean, it goes back to – sorry, Jared. Just no, go ahead. My initial thought right away – is it goes back to leadership, and I hate to try and keep bringing in. Uh, no, hit it, hit it hard. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate to keep making a comparison to how our country was run, but or is run, or you know whatever how we handled this virus. But the NBA and Adam Silver, they have I think out of any sport, and we've said it before, the best leadership in all the major sports. And they had yes, maybe it was a little easier to handle an NBA bubble with the facilities and everything down at Disney at the Wide World of Sports. But they had a clear-cut plan from the get-go. And, yeah, they had some logistics and stuff to figure out, but they had a plan. They had a plan in place. The players are all on board because they trust their commissioner and they trust their leadership. And look at that. We're getting to watch a bunch of great basketball games, and we're going to see the playoffs here pretty soon, and it's, and it's awesome. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, 
the leadership is just incredible. And not only just like from the commissioner, but just like from guys like LeBron James and who are clearly like just taking this like 100% like serious. Like they're in for the long haul in this bubble. But the but as for like the NBA, it's nice to be able to actually like talk about like X's and O's, yeah. I guess, for the, basically the first time in like four months. And the thing that has kind of just jumped off, my, off the screen to me, obviously we talked about the setup and how it's very well done like where they have the zoom like obviously it's a little bit corny with the like fans like on their webcam i can't say i'd ever actually like do that if it was asked but i have some i have a couple questions on that but keep going but it's okay because you, we kind of understand that it's a little bit corny and it's not that bad and it actually looks pretty decent like when they're actually playing and stuff it kind of reminds you of an actual like nba arena almost yeah. so it's it's pretty well done but and in terms of like the actual X's and O's, I think that this bubble has is actually has like a lot of clear advantages to like some players and some teams. Like somebody like James Harden, who has always been kind of like seems like in when the moment's the brightest, like he kind of folds. Like the fact that he's basically just like it seems like all the pressure has been like taken off and he can just like basically play. Seems like he's like going to benefit from it the most. Whereas somebody like Kawhi Leonard or someone like that who see is just always calm. He's like the Terminator. Where he's gonna not. It's not really going to affect him as much. Where it. He's not going to benefit from never like choking or something like that when the crowd is loud and where the pressure is the highest. Like he just never is never phased by it. But somebody like James Harden, who that does affect, like it seems like he's kind of benefiting. I don't know something. Something I'm working on. It's a theory. Thoughts on well, the theory? Well, it's not a bad theory. I mean, the one thing that the bubble provides it's 100% concentration on basketball. Yeah. You know, you have no real distractions. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're banging these games what four or five games four or five games in a row during yeah. the day, and that's all they can do is think about basketball. I think it really helps the focus. You know, I don't think the early season play has been the greatest, but that's what you would expect yeah. when you're getting back in action. Another couple weeks down the road, we're going to see some serious basketball. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but I I think that's definitely a good point because I mean, obviously they're probably still talking to their friends and and wives and families and stuff like that. But yeah, for the most part. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, it's like a basketball paradise. You're just hanging yeah. out with your boys. There's barber shops. There's like places to hang out, and then you get to play ball. That's all you do. So right, I mean, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, because James Harden does always fold and choke in in the playoffs under pressure. So maybe your boy Harden, maybe he'll finally actually win a first round matchup or something like that. Huh. So I still think the Lakers are the favorite because the way Anthony Davis is playing right now, LeBron's not even having to like exert 110 percent effort. So Come playoff time, I, you know, once LeBron really turns it on, I'll be curious to see how good the, the Lakers actually are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you knew that the play would be a little sloppy. They haven't played games in four months or whatever. But the intensity is there. And that, that's one thing I that's was wondering you about you guys. I was wondering, and maybe we even talked about it, but how intense these games would be. Because, right, it's a weird situation, the bubble, the season was stopped. Is this actually the real season? Is there going to be an asterisk? You know, all this weird stuff. But, and these guys are taking it serious, and I, I think come playoff time, it's going to be fun. I think by the time, like, it's just the, like, seriousness and the how much it matters is just going to continue to build as this For becomes sure. more and more, like, the norm, where once the NBA Finals hits, like, I think it's almost going to feel like a NBA, like a legit NBA Finals where it's not going to have an asterisk or, or whatsoever. So I, it's just it's exciting to see. But you said that you like – what about the Zoom? I, you said you like it, or what, what were okay, your thoughts well, on it? Well, let me, let me say, set the table here. First of all, I watched the, the opening night, you know, the Jazz and Pelicans, a great nope. game, two-point nope. win by the Two Jazz. great games right on opening night. Awesome games. But the, the first point I have on that game is – I understand why Zion's on limited minutes, but 
why wouldn't you put some of those limited minutes at the end of the game? And I know other people have talked about it, yeah. but that didn't make any sense. That's that's coaching mistake to me. Don't you put him in there when it's crunch time and you've got a chance to win the game and he's your best player? I mean, what's the philosophy on that? Does he need no, the minutes in make, the third quarter? <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, but would you rather them be down 20 and then you play him at the very end of the game? The, the minute restriction the thing is just kind of goofy. I'm okay with, like, a minute restriction if it's, like, a range. Right. Like, what's a few more minutes going to – like, I guess he could end up getting hurt. We saw that, with, like, with Derrick Rose, who was playing, like, in that playoff game, like, the right. last, like, minute or whatever, and he basically ends his career. But I don't know. It's something to think about. I mean, it's a little bit old news, I would say, which is kind of cool to say, whereas in the past it seems like the coronavirus where something would be, like, news <laughs> for, like, two or three weeks. That that seems like old news now, yeah. which is nice to think. And then on the follow-up, I'll get to the fans in the seats here in a second, but the Lakers win by – by two, LeBron misses a shot, follows it up. Are you, like, running off the newspaper or something, like, from the very first opening day? Well, I, well, I, took, a, like I two took notes. Okay. I took notes. Okay. I, I mean, Matt, what do you – I mean, it doesn't it not seem like night. it's, like, opening It night. was opening night, like, a week ago. So what? It was, was opening it, night. All right. I don't, we didn't maybe talk I'm about wrong. it. Maybe I'm, about it. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Well, that was getting – got to it on his DVR. <laughs> he just got – yeah, he just got around to it last night. All right. All right. The Zoom fans. Okay. First of all – I don't think it's a bad idea. I have a couple of complaints, though. All yeah. right. Number one, they should have scale. The people should be at scale size. There's people that are big. There's people that are small. <laughs> it looks stupid. And then the other thing is, why are there any empty seats? Why aren't there people in every seat? Well, it's social distancing. Is that the point they're trying to make? Now, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, it's, I can't even spit it dis- out. <laughs> I, I understand social distancing. They're not real. People aren't real. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> That's what Zoom? I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. I don't I didn't pay too much attention to it. I thought it was stupid, so I didn't say. I'm, if you think I'm going to be watching, like, their facial expressions when a basket's no, short or something, I'm not going to. Tell me you didn't look up and see and look up there periodically where they had the fake fans. You had to. Every, I mean, first of all, they're real fans. They're Zoom fans. Okay, they're but, Zoom fans. But, yeah, I, I mean, oh, every once in a while. I think, I think that room could be you. that, like, space could be used for something a little bit more. I don't know if it's a TV or something of the like basically just a giant TV like a Dallas Cowboys where it's an instant replay basically type thing or yeah. something. But I don't. I feel like that space could be used a little bit more. Well, it looks it looks better than uh, empty seats in Major League Baseball or cardboard cutouts. But I, I just think the technology was a little hokey that they could at least make them life size. That's all. And I and I empty it, seats. I don't understand that part. Could the it? scaling is a little off. I I just wonder like I I guess I forget or maybe I haven't. Um, how they do actually fill the seats? So maybe, maybe they just don't sell all the seats. You know, the the Zoom seats, or maybe someone did buy it and then they got up and walked away or something. But I've noticed that too. Sometimes there's empty seats. Tons of empty it, seats. About every other seat's empty. Yeah, but I, the one thing that is cool about it, like what I see, like Chris Paul's son was in the stands, so like he turned around and you know his his son was watching him play. Yeah. Um. Some someone else recently I saw like their son was up there, so. That kind of stuff is pretty cool. So, I don't like like you said right off the top, Jared. Like you know, it's different. You know, it's a little corny or cheesy, but I think it's better than just having like a brick wall up there. Yeah. You know, it makes it kind of cool and kind of fun for the players, probably. Yeah, I mean, it really it makes you think that it's it, there's people watching you, and and that's the thing. Like where the the MLB, the fact that that's on like FX, Fox Sports Detroit. Compared to the NBA, which is on ESPN, like opening night, it actually feels like a big deal. People are actually watching it. People are actually tweeting about it. I think that that kind of goes where they're doing post game interviews. Like Rachel, like Rachel, like they're all there. 
I don't know. Everyone's watching the NBA. It doesn't seem like the MLB. And I feel like that kind of plays into the players where they do take it serious because they know, like, this actually does, like, matter somewhat. Where the MLB, I don't – you could tell me the Tigers are going to go undefeated. I wouldn't know the difference. It's just one of those things where Honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of yeah. out of sight. I, th- I think part of it, too, is that, like you're, you're talking about the players taking it seriously. I think that's part of it. But I think it's, too, like how there's already been a bunch of outbreaks in Major League Baseball. I think it, it's, like, made some fans lose interest. Like, this is they're already losing control, and games are already being canceled. Games are already being postponed. Yeah. You can't trust if your team's even going to be able to play. Like, what if you're a Marlins or a Cardinals fan and a bunch of games have already been canceled? Kind of like, ah, whatever, you're punting on the season. Well, it's, it's well, cost the Tigers. Like, They're supposed to play the Cardinals. NBA, like, you, you know, I mean, unless something crazy happens, I guess we don't know what will happen, but it sure seems like this is going really well, and we're going to get, like we've already said, you're going to get to see an awesome NBA playoffs and NBA finals. So it makes you, and yeah, being on ESPN, TNT, and stuff like that, that definitely helps. It does, and it, but I don't know if you've seen it, Jared, but some of the local broadcast local broadcasters are carrying the games. I mean, I watched, I don't know, it was on Fox Sports Plus, they had the Indiana announcers doing their game. So, I mean, if Detroit the Pistons were in it, we'd have Blaha involved somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah, it, and I guess the thing, with, the one thing I will say about the NBA is everything's good right now, but we know how COVID, it can change. It. The NBA could have a breakout in an hour, mm-hmm. and basically everything we said about it, like we would just be like, this is dumb, shut it down. So that's kind of what's kind of crazy about the COVID, where it really does change. Like in a matter of seconds, your entire opinion about something can just entirely change. So I think we all can safely say the NBA's handled it the proper way, probably as good as they could have handled it. Uh, you know, Adam Silver has done a great job. And, you know, Gary Bettman in the NHL, he, he's not really well thought of, but I think him and his staff have done it right too, keeping everything in Canada. They're in the bubble, no real cases. Uh, from what I understand, I haven't watched a lot of hockey since it started back up. I watched a little bit of it, and it definitely looks strange without fans in the stands. But uh, they've had some great games so far, and uh, it looks like they're going to get their playoff season in. So I'd say high marks to both the NBA and the NHL. I'd say Major League Baseball, a complete fiasco right now. I mean, seven-inning ball games for doubleheaders, and, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's a mess. And I guess it just remains to be seen what's going to happen in the NFL. That's about my – you know, we talked about the big four. It's kind of weird, kind of like what we said about college football, but the NH, or the NFL, it doesn't – you haven't really heard, like, a plan. They're really, the main thing you've heard is there's no preseason. Right. They've talked about some testing or, you know, some other stuff like that. But otherwise, it's just kind of like – they're just acting like it, we're the NFL. We're going to get through this. We're going to be fine. And, you know, there's been some players opting out, and even then, players opt out, and it's just like, whatever, we'll move on. So that that's the one thing that's kind of strange is maybe they're kind of waiting a couple weeks to see what happens by mid-August or something. But I don't know. It just, you know, like even the NHL, like you said, but the NBA, the NHL, some of these other leagues had plans. And – I don't know. The NFL and college football are just kind of like going to wing it, kind of, is what it seems like. It looks that way. Maybe the NFL's master plan with Goodell, though, is you know watching what has transpired here and seeing what works and what doesn't work, and maybe they'll come up with some kind of hybrid plan. I don't know, but they're running out of time, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the NFL, I mean, with all these players obviously sitting out and stuff, the NFL is, is almost in, like, DEFCON 5. They're, they're in, like, DEFCON 4 right about now. If a huge, big-name star – decides that he's going to sit out, that's when I think they go to DEFCON 5, and that's where we don't know about what the season's going to hold. Right, right. Stay tuned. Now, speaking of football, uh, Matt, a little inside do you have for uh, they finally made a decision on the Monday night booth, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm not too disappointed with that. I think they'll be pretty solid. 
No, yeah, I mean, Levy, I know when Levy started doing play-by-play, uh, I don't know, it's probably been three or four years ago now, but um, he didn't really get shoved out. He, he kind of took a little bit of a backseat on SportsCenter. Right. And, um, but they wanted to keep him because he's a staple at ESPN. So he started, and he wanted, I remember him saying he wanted to do play-by-play. But I remember the first, because he, he's done a bunch of Michigan games with Brian Greasy, um, he was a little rough those first couple of years doing mm-hmm. play-by-play. I mean, you know, Ted, it's, it's not, you can't just step in there and do it. No, you know, it, it takes time. It's not as, yeah, it's not as easy as people think it is. So I, he's gotten a lot better. Um, I'm going to be curious to see him, you know, do Monday Night Football. Uh, but Lewis Riddick is one of my favorite guys. Yeah. I, yeah. I could listen to him talk about football all day. So um, him being in that booth, I think, I, you know, yeah, I guess remains to be seen how it'll go. But on paper, I think it's a, a solid crew. I wonder if McAfee was on the short list and just got nudged out. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, like Steve Levy. I love Steve Levy. I feel like he's kind of got a little bit of a connection with the younger generation, just something just something about him. I know he was in the the movie The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville, and he was absolutely <laughs> hilarious in that too. So I'm looking forward to it. Lewis Riddick seems very smart. He almost seems like he should be in a GM. I know everyone says that. like He's so smart he needs to be an NFL GM. But So I guess that's a good thing to have him in the booth where we're actually going to be able to listen to him, sort of like a Tony Romo type guy where he just knows things like inside and out. Yeah, so it depends on the game. It's always the game, you know. I think the other announcers they had were adequate, but uh, got to get some good. Now, who is the matchups. who was the third guy that they added? Wasn't it? It's Brian a three-man Greasy. booth. Oh, Brian Greasy. Okay, yeah. he'll do. He'll be solid. Yeah, he's solid. I mean, I can't. He's all right. Yeah, I like Greasy. I mean, obviously he's a Michigan guy, so a little biased, but I, he's he's a really good uh, color commentator. So, uh, you know, he knows the game. So right, he he'll be like the Tony Romo. Maybe he, he was quarterback. So, you know, he'll know the game, the X's and O's. So does Riddick, though. Um, so, really, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's a solid crew. I'll be really curious to see how they do. I know they were talking. So, like like we said, people are going to hate on them, you know. Someone's going to find something to hate on them. Right. But I don't think not as much as, like, Jason Witten had a target on his back as soon as he came out. Because it was just like, like you said, he just came right out of football, right into the Monday Night Football booth. And basically, like, it was just so out of left field that I think people were just like, dude, what the heck's going on here? And then he just was make, he was fumbling over his words every other sentence. He and was like, trying just, too hard. Yeah, trying too hard. Then it, like, became a thing where there was no way he was ever going to be able to turn it around oh. because people were already basically sold him off. Where I think this booth is going to have, like, people already know Lewis Riddick. They know Steve Levy and, and Brian Greasy. Greasy. Like, it's just they're tried and true. They really are. So yeah. I don't think even if they are not super good they're never going to be as bad as what Witten was yeah they might not be electric but yeah. they'll, they'll definitely be they'll, pa- they'll pass the bill where they're gonna, they're going to be professional absolutely really. and that's all you're looking for just like us right professionals yeah that means we have yep. sponsors the coronaconnection.com they know it's great to be gold keep up to date on cavalier nation at coronaconnection.com and advanced elevator features top elevate top field technicians for troubleshooting repair and installation of elevators an area business leader and big time supporter of the corona public schools and since i fumbled there i'm not so professional do you do you, yeah, do you what are we, that's what your are own we fault ripping on witten and yeah you started <laughs> no, uh, yeah you, that's your own fault for that happening that, that's what you're right. you come right back and bit me uh, I know we want to talk a little PGA golf tournament coming up, right? Do you want to get into that? Yeah. Now? So let me just say this before we get into the actual tournament. As long as it's what not is the your difference? Game, what is the difference between why is the the MLB and the PGA? The PGA seem, has been almost like NBA esque with the way that they've handled there. Huh. They're not even in a bubble. Good you don't point. hear anything about how things have gone bad. It seems like that's been absolutely just smooth sailing to the point where we're having a major championship. 
this weekend. And you talk about a sport that we talked about this already, where they're not effective. Like I'm really looking forward to watching it without fans. Really, I I think I'm almost looking forward to it more without fans to see what it's going to be like than I would be if there was like a full crowd going to be there this weekend. Because sure, it might get old by the time the Masters comes around in like late fall. But in terms of, like, the first major, we're going to see what this is like. Without fans, we're going to hear everything the players are saying. The pressure is going to be a little bit different. It might even be more so the fact that there's not people there. Like, so I'm just really looking forward to it. But there's so many, like, big storylines in golf right now because I feel like the PGA has never been hotter. We talked about how the match was the most watched golf event ever. That was only a few months ago because quarantine, uh, golf has really just taken off and kind of skyrocketed. And there's a lot of guys like Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka. Obviously, Tiger Woods is back and it's only his second event. Roy McIlroy looking to win his first major in like six years. Like, there's a lot of really good storylines, like, I think more so than ever before, really, in a major. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is just the first major since all this stuff has really happened. And we've talked about it. Maybe I was the main one saying it. You know, we haven't. The fan, no fans thing with golf has been okay. This will be the first one, you know, if it's really there's two guys coming down to the wire on Sunday with no fans, that's when I think you'll, like, really notice, you know, whether it's good or bad as far as the pressure on the players, you know, no cheering. You know, I'll be really curious to see on Sunday if it's a close Mm -hmm. match uh, how it's affected. I still think it's the one pro sport, though. You know, golf is a spectator sport. Spectators do make a difference, but I think out of all of them, it, it's not that big of a deal. It, it, it doesn't bother me watching it on TV without the fans. I, I think the players, they're so zoned in. If it's Tiger and Rory coming down the stretch, you know, for the championship, it's going to be intense. It's going to be must-see TV. Yeah, and must-see TV is this guy, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, we've You're talked right about, about him. He's like He went from becoming like the most polarizing figure on tour to basically becoming – Everyone just – he's became a total heel. I mean, obviously this past week – why do I keep saying obviously? Can you stop saying that? This past weekend he had the fire ant incident where, for people who don't know, <laughs> he will, he had a ball in like a really awkward spot and he tried getting a free drop because there were fire ants uh, within like five feet of his ball. So And and him and, Bro- and Brooks Kupka, who's basically the new – They're two of a pair right there, yeah, man. They're basically – two guys that are just going back. They're rivals, really. Their biggest rivalry in golf right now is Brooks Kepka, who's the new like the new hot shot on tour. He's won like four majors like really quickly in his career. And Bryson DeChambeau, who's just like kind of the nerdy guy who everyone seems to kind of hate. And everyone loves Brooks Kepka. He's the absolute he's the absolute opposite of Bryson. Kepka's going for a three peat, isn't he? In the yeah, PGA. Three so and that's where he's right now he's at plus a you guys know gambling's kinda of back. I love it. He's plus one eleven hundred odds right now. When you basically you bet ten dollars you're gonna win hundred and ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Second he's the second highest behind Roy McElroy, who's plus a thousand. Who basically the only reason McElroy is so high is because he that where he won his last like US championship or PGA championship was here at uh, TBC Harding Park, which is where it where it is this year. So I don't know. But his best finish this year has only been eleventh. So I'm just I don't understand really I feel like that's just a long shot. I don't think he's gonna end up winning. But we'll see. Who do you think's gonna win? You got if you had a put I think I don't know how you can go with uh, I don't know how you really can go against Brooks Kepka. I really don't. And then right behind him, I mean you have Tiger Woods at plus sixteen hundred. This is only his second PGA event this year. Um and he hasn't really played that well. I mean, we're still kind of waiting to see what he's going to happen. But when Tiger Woods is out there, that's the thing. You never know what's going to happen. He hasn't made the cut in a PGA Championship since 2014. Or he's only made one cut, excuse me, since 2014. So this isn't exactly like his go-to tournament like the Masters would be. But, I mean, it's Tiger Woods, so pardon, he's going to have a chance. Pardon my ignorance. Is this out west? Is this in the San Francisco area? Where is this tournament taking place at? It's uh, in California. It's right down the road from like, – because that's where the, the kind of the super, super long shot that I'm looking at is um, – 
let me, I want to make sure I can pronounce his name right. Yeah, Colin Morikawa. And he's, like, this is his first year. He's basically beating Tiger Woods' record for the most consecutive cuts made uh, to start your career. He's only 23 years old. But he, he went to school right down the road at Cal Berkeley. And basically, like, this is, like, his home course pretty much. And people are saying, like, if there's ever going to be, like, just some guy to absolutely burst on the scene like Tiger Woods style, it's this guy. So it's no Cal, and it's going to be primetime viewing then on Sunday, right, coming down the street. Sunday? I mean, Thursday. I don't know about – I mean, I know you don't really – you work from home on Fridays. I, if yeah, I was you, watch I'm watching it all Friday. Sure. I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This truly feels like the first sporting event to me since quarantine. Yeah, no. I know the NBA's had regular season game, but those just don't necessarily feel the same. Like, I feel like this is the first legitimate – like high stakes event we're gonna have. I will have it on Friday. I'm I'm not disallowed from putting my TV set on <laughs> while I'm working. It's definitely you know all the stars are playing. So if you you were talking about must watch TV, and if you're a golf <clears> fan, obviously, um, it's definitely this is the tournament, the first major in a long time, and you know all the big names are playing. If you want to see if Rory's gonna win, and obviously Tiger is the the biggest must must watch TV thing, even on uh, in without a doubt history of the tour probably even without if he, a doubt when his knee was broke and his back was broke and everything like he still must watch tv so if he's playing you're watching so and what justin thomas has been winning a bunch of tournaments so i mean he seems to be like the guy like if i had to just like throw money on just because he's playing really well i'd probably throw it on justin thomas but i mm-hmm. yeah, there's a bunch of names Plus that people throw out that could come on and and just win this tournament so I don't know. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. And if you like golf, the best thing about golf is just putting it on in the background. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fun to like sit and watch and really like you know take in the game. But yeah, if you're working or you're doing some chores or something like that, just have it on in the background. Or also when you're when you're my age, golf is the must put on TV for napping. For, yeah, and for you guys and for some people who maybe don't watch the PG, I'll just run through the because I feel like this this tournament is going to have a lot of viewers who probably never really even watched like the PGA probably this entire. So I'm just going to run through some of the like the top names this year who are playing really well. Uh, there's like so I so we have John Rahm who was kind of was like the Bryson DeChambeau before DeChambeau where he would have major freakouts and tyrants on like the course or he's at plus 1200 same thing with Dustin Johnson who is sort of like the super athlete before Brooks Kepka, where he can dunk a basketball he can do this he can do that he's kind of that type of guy on the tour like the Prince Fielder like who could dunk a ball where he just he, this guy's like such an elite athlete like he shouldn't even be on the golf course he should be on the basketball court is the, the Dustin Johnson rap and then you have Matt mentioned Justin Thomas kind of the young gun on tour and then Justin Rose is the classic always steady he's gonna be right up there at plus 2200 I think he's got a really good shot to win it just because he puts so well and that's what the 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 pj championship comes down to a lot of time and basically any golf tournament at all is just putting and that's really what it is and then you have ricky fowler that's the last one i'll throw out there ricky fowler plus 2700 still looking for that first major he's the guy you see in the orange pants all the time the orange all highlighter uh uniform all the time the the orange hat everything like that he's a crowd favorite he's one of my favorite but he just can't seem to get over the hump uh, we'll see if this is going to be the one to do it. And then you have, obviously, DeChambeau, yeah. plus 4,100, which if I'm looking at somebody to bet on, somebody who I'm going to be, you know, really – I kind of want to pull for this guy just because everyone hates him so much is DeChambeau. Plus 4,100, the guy's in the news every freaking day. You He's got to be a little bit better than plus 4,100. You've been making some money, right? And we've talked about going down and doing some legal betting here in mm-hmm. Michigan. And, uh, you know, you can go down to Battle Creek. And they got a sports book going down there now. Do you know that? They do. And let me just – I'll, I'll pump my horn a little bit. Uh, when Patrick Reed won the Masters a couple years ago, I did pick him 80-1 to 1 odds and did cash in on that. Ooh, so nice. Just, just, not, just saying, like I said, Bryson DeChambeau. Are you considering Bryson DeChambeau, 4,100. You going to bet? 
You thinking about it? You gonna be able? It's to get a, down that's there? quite a road trip. I don't know. If, I'm not gonna be able to get down there. It's in an, time, hour drive, an hour drive. An hour drive. I don't know. It, it, let's let's, I'm, let's not kid ourselves. It's basically throwing away money. And the PGA <laughs> event. There's look at. There's so many names out there that can win. It's always some guy you never expect. Unless it's like a Tiger Woods. It'd be kind of fun though if you had the extra money and the time to go do it. You can it. do it online. You don't need to go oh, down there. That's true. That's true. But we'll see. I'm I'm just excited to finally have you know something legitimately with just full on like pressure on the line. There's gonna be some pressure moments. And you haven't seen that yet in the NBA. You haven't seen that in any other sports. It's been a long time since we've had that in sports. Yeah, we need it. We need it bad. It's gonna. <laughs> let's hope it all goes off without a hitch for sure. Anything else on golf? Your golf game still good? Still good. Still good. Uh, I, do you guys like? Are you guys honestly like Matt? Are you like excited to watch it? Really? Are you guys excited to watch this? I am. Yeah. Sunday. Thursday, I'll watch Sunday. just Sunday. I'll probably like casually watch. I'll, I'll keep up on Twitter for sure, and definitely Saturday, Sunday. If you know, right. there's, if it's if it's close. Saturday and Sunday, I'll definitely watch. And I will have it on my TV all day Friday, so you know I'll be getting a flavor of it. But I'm I'm more of a golf Saturday Sunday guy anyway. Yeah. Once the cuts made, That's, you know. See, and even I'm I I just watch the majors pretty much. That's, Same here. I I'll watch every second of the major. If I wasn't at work, I would be watching it Thursday. I'd be watching it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, I'm not gonna watch the you know the waste management open. Like, I'm gonna watch every second of the ma- of the majors. That's the way I look at it. So the next level of golf fan. All right. I, I do want to – I don't know if this is full circle. We talked some college football earlier, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of conversation on the whole Larry Nasser thing in Michigan State. I guess we got to be fair. Uh, you know, late – the story now that's coming out of Ann Arbor, obviously this Dr. Robert Anderson, uh, you know, they got a major class action lawsuit against him uh, and the university for uh, improper – whatever you want to call it, with uh, players from different teams in Ann Arbor. And now my guy, Bo Schembechler, was thrown into the mix. That uh, an, an anonymous student athlete came to him and said this Dr. Anderson was doing inappropriate stuff to him. Bo was pissed, apparently, in the story and said to the guy, you take it to Don Canham, the athletic director. And, you know, now there's everybody that's a Michigan hater is saying, you know, oh, they got to tear down Bo's statue. Bo's a piece of shit. He's just like what happened at Penn State. I say let's back off a little bit here and let's have some due process. We don't know what went on. Maybe this guy went to Canham's office, told him what happened. Canham and him had a talk. They worked it out. Maybe Bo wasn't even involved after that. I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt right at the moment, but I will say this. This doctor, how he kept that job, if it's all, all these allegations are true, it's, it's an unbelievable scandal down there. Yeah, and that, that's kind of where it gets a little messy. I mean, when, when the stuff happened at Penn State, Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky were still alive. Right. Bo Schimbeckler and this doctor aren't alive, so you're, there's a lot of— And Canham's not alive either. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to be sympathetic, obviously, towards the anonymous student. And, you know, the thing where it starts to get iffy to me, and I'm definitely one right away— that jump to like if this stuff is true like you got to take both name off of you got to get ahead of this you have to get do the right thing you got to take the name off of Schimbeckler Hall you got to take the statue down because if he was aware that this stuff was going on and like I'm I know like you know Joe Paterno he you know his whole excuse you don't want to call it an excuse but he said the chain of command he reported it to his AB and trusted that he would handle it so like you know he thought he was doing the right thing by reporting it to the AD, so similar to Bo Schimbeckler. Even if he's pissed off that this happened, he took it to the AD and trusted that the AD would handle it. And, you know, that's what people are saying. Like, he, Bo did what he thought he was supposed to do. Yeah, but you're still aware of this. 
And it wasn't just one. It was like 50-plus student-athletes came and, and reported this doctor. And, you know, people started saying, like, yeah, but he's not the AD, so he doesn't have the power. Joe Paterno, Bo Schimbeckler, Tom Izzo, you know, all these guys, Jim Harbaugh to an extent, they have more power than the athletic director on those campuses. So the people yeah. that say, Bo Schimbeckler, what else could he have done? You know, Bo Schimbeckler could have done anything he wanted on that campus. And that's where I start to get a little bit like, okay, even if you thought that the athletic director handled it and you thought, well, they must have cleared it or they must have had a conversation. If 50-plus students are coming out about this doctor, and like you said, he keeps that job for 25-plus years, that's where it gets a little shady. And Bo Schimbeckler became the athletic director at one point. So if he's the athletic director while this doctor is still employed, that's where it really starts to be like, okay, I mean, it's it's a it's a mess. I mean, it's fuzzy too because you you said about fifty different student athletes, but did all fifty of them report to Bo? I've only heard one documented that went to Bo. The world is just messed up. Why it does is. this stuff happen all all over the place? I know, I know. Well, uh, it's just some of the things I heard about this doctor was they brought him in because. Uh, you know, he would just sign off on injuries so they could play, right? Yeah. And then also he would sign off on he, – he would do things and then sign off to keep guys from going to the Vietnam War when he first started out. This guy's a creep. This guy, I have no doubt in my mind, Did is guilty. Yeah. yeah. Now, the whole thing with Bo, that's a whole – it's a little different story to me. Now, I'm but a I don't, I will say this. I, yeah, I love – I mean, Bo, what's the Bo's lasting lessons? All-time book. I remember reading that when I was in, like, sixth grade. Love the book. I think I've read it right. twice, actually, when I was in middle school. If there's anybody to give the benefit of the doubt to, it's Bo Schembechler. But I will say, if there's 50 different players who are saying that this happened to them or whatever, you're saying that Bo Schembechler never heard about it once? I'm just saying, I haven't seen anything documented where they said, yes, I went to Bo, and then he said, go to Sh- to, go to Canem. Imagine if that's true. That. Imagine saying. if that is true. He's, he, like Bo Schembechler, yeah, just go take it up. With the I can't athletic, imagine take that. it up with the athletic director. I know it's it's bizarre. It doesn't seem like it would happen. It seems like, but we didn't think it would happen with Joe Pa. That's true. I know, but it, it's just a very very bizarre thing in a sick sick ass world that we're in when this stuff actually goes on. Yeah, but it, I get, it's a sick world, and like sadly, you know, you have to wonder what that's three three of the biggest universities in all the country. Obviously, in the Big Ten, Michigan yeah. State, Penn State, now you know apparently Michigan. That this stuff is, and Ohio State. Some stuff came out about a doctor at Ohio State too. Oh yeah, that's right. Two ago. So I mean, this <sighs> sadly, this it's, this Seriously. probably goes on way more than we're aware. And you know, I, I was talking to my wife about it after this stuff broke, and you know, she's like, "How do these guys get away with it?" And you know, nowadays things are different now. I, I think I don't. Maybe this stuff is still going on, or it probably really is. Sadly, but you know, back then, th- these people like they had so much power, where like they could like. You know, they could make threats to the students, don't go forward, or I'm going to take your scholarship away. You know, they, they had that kind of power over these students. Yeah, intimidation. Or even, like, the guy, um, well, Nasser, and then even, you know, Sandusky, like, they, they would say things like, you know, they have these different ways of, uh, like, this, these different techniques of medicine. So they're, like, doing this sick stuff, and they're saying, like, this is, like, Western medicine, or this is some different form of, you know, I'm going to do these special treatments on you. So that's what people think is justified because there are these, like, world-renowned doctors, so you're going to trust them. So yeah. not only do they have this trust, they have this gross power over these people, and they're already sick. And it's it's just seriously sad because it's it messes with people for the rest of their lives that they have to go through this. And then, you know, I, I just 
the people that allow them to continue to have jobs when they know that this stuff is going on, that's, they're just as sick as the person doing it, I feel like. Yeah, uh, they're definitely criminals. You know, and again, if it's ever proven that that Bo was was a part of it, you know, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying i got to give them the benefit of the doubt right at the moment till I know more facts. You know, once somebody right. star- well, starts accusations, it just steamrolls, especially yeah. when you get a class action suit with, I think, 400 different signatures on this law firm's uh, lawsuit, you know. I mean, they come out of the woodwork because they want money. I'm not saying all of them, but there, there's some of that. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't, I'm not saying, and I know you're not, like, you weren't putting words in my mouth, but I'm not, like, saying Bo was a part of it. Right. But, like, if he was, yeah, if he was aware that this doctor there were even like allegations against the doctor i mean he had whenever you think of michigan athletics almost whenever you think of college football like bo schembechler is a name that you think of immediately and you know he was the ad at one point when the doctor was still employed so for him to think like ah, i thought canham just handled it you know that's where it gets to be like man the dude was employed what until like 2003 yeah that doctor that, at michigan that makes you think for sure you know and as much as I don't want to think, times were different back then, too. They really were. A lot of times they did turn their, turn the other way just to keep eligibility, which is which is not right. And I don't know. I, I, the bad part is, you know, it's been so long, and I understand that the victims, it goes on the rest of their lives. But if you're going to accuse somebody like Bo or Canham or whoever else, they're not around to defend themselves, and that's the difficult part, you know? Right. I mean, I know I wouldn't want to be accused of Yeah, that's the thing. Like, just, It'll become more real. Like I said, I really didn't even know about this until you brought it to my attention. It'll become more real when either a Jim Harbaugh has to come in or somebody like that because right. it just seems, like I said, it just seems like hearsay right now. Yeah. Well, that's a sad subject. Let's not end it on that. Is there something more pleasant we can uh, finish this thing up? Uh, oh, I know. On this day back in 1993, I know you tweeted it, Matt. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nolan Ryan beat the shit out of Robin Ventura. Your favorite player. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I always forget. Like I, I don't. I just always forget that he was forty six. That happened. Forty six. Like, like just Im- impressive that he was still like one of the best <laughs> starting pitchers in the league at forty six. But you know, like he he beat the hell out of Robin Ventura at forty six. Well, you know, he was he, you know, Ryan was a big dude, man. He had smart strategy. He grabbed him by the head, put him in a headlock, and just sucker punched him about seven straight times. <laughs> it was it was classic for sure. Well, and like talking about strategy, like if you watch that video and like kind of like almost like break it down, I don't know what Ventura's strategy was. Like no. he just like ran at Nolan Ryan, and it looked like he was trying to like tackle him. But right. Nolan Ryan was a big dude, and especially at that point in his career, he was a little thick. Yeah, he so, was. I mean, Ventura couldn't take him down and got put in a headlock. I mean, if you also watch it, about, <laughs> about eight of Nolan Ryan's punches were on the top of Ventura's head. <laughs> so, like, couldn't have felt good, but it, it's hilarious to watch. Yeah. One final thing, entertainment tonight oriented. Jared, last chance you. Have you seen it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, of course I've saw it. The, the so, new season? The new season, yeah. So, wow. the, so it was the final season in football. I know you've seen, what, the first, first two, seasons. two seasons. Matt's. I'm pretty sure he's watched it all, but he's not the biggest fan in the world of the show. Mm-hmm. The thing, I wasn't. I didn't have very high expectations going in this year. You didn't really hear much about this team. You knew there really wasn't going to be any way they could live up to Jason Brown and just the absolute like electric factory he was. But it really did. It's the show. They are just so good at storytelling. Where it, the show, even if you're not a football fan, I feel like you're still gonna 
enjoy the show. But I will also say opera. this, and I also will say this: the t- the football scenes, the football games in that show, they're like movie esque. Every year, it's almost like they're out of a movie. Like I said, like a Friday Night Lights mm-hmm. movie type game where there's so much drama in these games and so much like build up. They perfectly sync up the music and the 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 sound bites to let you know like when something big or something terrible is like about to happen like it's it's i I don't know how else to describe it really other than that but it's just my favorite show in the world i'm sad that they're done with football but i've even watched their the same guy greg whitley all time just director probably my favorite one when it comes to to documentaries uh he just does he did did one about uh a, a cheer squad in oh, Texas, and yeah. that's an awesome show. I love that one that's too. On Netflix too, and right? they're doing basketball teams now. Like, it just they could do a one about an office or something. Like, you know, like just something the most boring thing in the world, and they would probably get me to to be glued to it for ten hours binge watching it. It's just, it's just they're they're the all time team. They really are. Well, since we're not going to have college or NFL, I'll have to check that out. Three <laughs> seasons worth. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I got one tip for you for people that do have HBO. I just finished up a six parter called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's about the uh, Garden State Killer. I don't know if you're familiar with that case. He went for years and years raping and killing people, and then he stopped doing it for like 30 years, and they tracked him down with DNA. And you know who Patton Oswalt is? Yeah. His wife, uh, I forget what her first name is. Yeah, McNamara. she wrote the book, right? She wrote the book on yeah. that, and it was very well done. Outstanding story. So I'll be gone in the dark, HBO. That's my tip for the week. Didn't want to end it on a sour note, but no. you had to bring it back around. Well, it's a little more pleasant than Bo's statue being torn down. That's yeah. all I can say. All right. I think we've – anything else we got on the table? Or are we going to wrap it up, boys? It's a wrap. wrap it We're going to wrap it. Hey, make sure you let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. By the way, we expect we might be signing up a couple of new sponsors, and we might have some news – in regards to uh, playing three-point podcast on the radio again. We'll pass that You didn't learn your lesson from the uh, calling uh, Jason Wynn unprofessional? Why? What happened? Remember when you then stumbled over all your words, the karma coming around? Oh, did I just mess up mess up again? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> oh, we'll see about the karma. Well, I'll have a full week to regroup. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thank you again for supporting three-point podcast. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.